Programming Throwdown, Episode 82, Reactive Programming and the Actor Model with Jonas Bonaire. Take it away, Jason. Hey, everyone. So we have a really cool interview. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know about, about Scala and Akka. You've heard about this. We've talked about this on the show. And um, we have uh, Jonas Bonaire, who um, is, a, are you the, the, the original creator of Akka? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I started it back in 2009, or actually the, the first uh, launch of the product was in 2009, I started hacking on it a, couple, uh, a year earlier, so, yes. Cool, excellent, and Jonas is going to explain kind of reactive programming, the actor model, he's going to talk us through um, sort of that whole kind of revolution. Um, I think it's amazing to do, uh, especially for UI and for a lot of other um, kind of processes, to, to have this sort of model. And Jonas is going to really, yeah, he's an expert, he's going to explain it to all of us. So Jonas, why don't you kind of tell us your background, why you got, you know, how you kind of ended up getting really into this sort of programming model. Is it something, is it sort of a series of anti-patterns that you saw along the way that made you say, oh, we need to build something new here. So what was the motivation yeah. for that? And what's that journey kind of been like? It's been, I guess, about 10 years, right? Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's, yeah, time flies by quickly. Yeah, it's it's actually started uh, a bit earlier than that. Even it's uh, so my my journey into distributed systems and concurrent system and stuff like that. That's actually started. Uh, you know, the the journey towards ACA and, and the actor model there and and everything started back in. I was I joined uh, you know BA Systems back in the day, and I uh, and uh, and. Um, well, I was working then on open source project called Aspect Works. You know, Aspect oriented programming were quite, quite uh, popular back then. I don't know if Aspect J and stuff. Who said Aspect Aspect Works was later merged with Aspect J and 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 uh, etc. Right. So there was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot a lot like like bytecode weaving and 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 having this sort of dynamic capabilities to Java and then you know anywhere anywhere any, any language that implemented AOP. But uh, so so I, I, I actually worked on that open source product while working at BA B, B Systems. But then I was headhunted by a small startup uh, in 2003 or something like that that, that that used the technology that we had built, which was of course open source. A uh, small small startup in the valley called called Terracotta, and they did distributed systems and 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 essentially tried to sort of cluster the JVM underneath the JVM. Itself to to make I mean and maintain the the programming model of, of sort of you know threads and locks and and sort of stretch that out uh, across a set of of distributed nodes and, and and try to do sort of all the you know messiness underneath to make to make that work essentially you know the, if we should get geeky here so that the way the way it actually worked was that you know. The, the 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 sort of locks and 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 and, and sort of memory barriers in were were sort of translated into sort of transactional scope. So 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 you yeah, so, so sort of so it was those transactions that were sort of maintained across across the, across the JVM, and they did that you know completely transparently using using aspect oriented programming. So and, in that and, case, and, how do you and, and the tech that I that I had built? Yeah, how do you handle the you know the data dependency there, right? I mean, if somebody is yeah. treating it as like threads, they might not be aware of that they have to broadcast all this data, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's it's 
which are when when I when I joined the company and and actually when and when promoting it and stuff, um, we actually went quite far, you know, you know, selling people on the mo- on the model. But the the thing is that it was a completely broken model from the start, and I I I, I it's sort of like sort of that started to, to to grow on me after you know being out of clients, we uh, you know after a couple of years. Uh, and, and it's and, and it ne- we never really got it to work, and you know, no surprise, you know. I I'm now a firm believer of, of of the sort of opposite way of approaching distributed systems, where you sort of embrace the network, you embrace the constraints of the network, and 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 instead of trying to hide it, you know, you know, it's it it, it turns if you try to hide it, it, in my opinion, it turns into this leaky abstraction that leaks so much that it becomes more or less useless. You know, we mm-hmm. we we've seen this many 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 times in the past. With, with you know with RPC and, di- and di- di- distributed objects or di- di- or XA uh, or anything like that you mm-hmm. know it's actually it, it, it works to the point where it doesn't work and when it doesn't work everything falls apart you know <laughs> right. where you have network disconnects you know partial failures you have really no idea how you can recover from etc so so that's you know made me completely lose faith in that model and and actually in general you know the, the way I was sort of doing after that. I was doing consultancy on on distributed system in Java in general. You know, embrace Corba and all the all the tools that they have, EJBs and all the tools that that, that they have there. And it started to grow on me that all of this is just the wrong way of of approaching the the problem. And I, I went I went through this crisis in a way, and I started <laughs> to, to 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 sort of you know dig through a lot of research papers and stuff. And then it started, then, then, then uh, you know, I, 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 ch- I chatted with a friend that had been, actually all, all the way since school, been programming in Erlang. You know, he, he, he went straight to Ericsson. And Ericsson, you know, Ericsson did yep. develop his language, this is esoteric and called, quite obscure language called Erlang. And, 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 and I just, you know, when talking with him, I sort of realized that, wow, this is the model I've been, I've been looking for. I mean, we're, 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 I mean, communication or distributed communication is first class. Where we have to, I mean, true isolation, you know, failure can't cascade across, you know, components or across nodes, as we even seen, you know, in, in often in Java and things like that. And and that's that sort of set me on the set me on the path first, learning Erlang for real. So I've been tinkering with it back in back in school, and I of course knew what it was being being sweet and having friends using it, but I've never really sort of took it seriously. But I, I felt like, of course, I can't, you know, program Erlang day in and day out. All my clients, you know, my my whole life is served on the JVM. You know, I, then okay, then I better find a, a way to to port that model because essentially the model, the principles, they're so so they're so good, over to Java, and that's why that's how I started Aka. Uh, and back in two thousand eight was that. So, oh, I see. So, are there any sort of um... Did you encounter any sort of really fundamental limitations of, uh, or say, differences between you know the JVM and Erlang that that were like serious roadblocks for Akka, or was it more of like a just a mechanical like you know day in day out let's get it done? Like, were there any like real technical hurdles there? Yeah, one of the one one of the things you know that that people always tend to point out when they come from Erlang, and they're absolutely right about that, is that you you can't have any you can't have such, such, such a thing as true isolation on the JVM because because you know it is a shared heap and 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 mm-hmm. uh, and 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 um, 
so so uh, so sort of isolation is only by convention, but but but, but so trying to have a programming model that sets up the boundaries and and, and sort of and, and tries to make it easy to do the right thing. And and regardless, even if you use Akka, you can you can always use reflection and stuff like that to bypass that. And if you really really want to shoot yourself, you know, <laughs> uh, so 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 uh, that's one of the things that's hard. And, and also. You know things like garbage collection. Erlang has garbage collection, but it has it has it like per actor. So 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 it's not it's not that. So you have more fairness, you know, in our in because you have control over over the garbage collector. While in 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 our, in Sizaka runs on the on the JVM, there's really no no control we have over over such you know low level things. And and uh, you know sometimes you know it can be more of sort of long latency pauses and stuff like that. Uh, oh, but, but, but of course, very often those can be mitigated by doing the right thing, you know, and we try to sort of push people in, their, in the direction of doing the, the right thing, uh, 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 not creating too much garbage and, and, and stuff like that. That makes but sense. But still, it's not the same, it's not the same thing as, as an Erlang, you know, where they have full control over everything. And you know, the VM is built with actors in mind, which is not the case for, for, for the JVM. So in the case of of Akka, I mean, you could uh, you could have all the actors running in separate processes, right? Then they then they right. would, uh, but that that probably has its own expense, right? Yeah, no, we don't do that. We, we I mean, we sort of so the way the way the way it works, you know, if we should go into how how in, into the actor, uh, should we first explain the the actor? Model yeah, that's a good point. So maybe let's yeah let let's spiral back a little bit and talk about yeah what is the actor model? What is reactive programming? Um, you know, kind of how is that? You know, if someone comes, let's say uh, they they're in first year of university, they've taken system software and they've written some some code in C, and th- and they say you know what is what is the actor model? What does this mean? Yeah. Sure. The the actor model is actually quite old. You know, I learned it from Erlang, but Erlang took it from 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 papers by Carl Hewitt. You know, and, and that he wrote in the I think back 19, in the nineteen early seventies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the exact date when the first came out. Very early in the seventies. And you know, and you know, the actor model is is, is it is it is a, like it's a complete com- computation model. I mean, Turing complete like like lambda calculus is a sort of foundational computational model. That 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 has a sort of different, a little bit different take than, than most of the other ones. It is models communication as sort of first class and um, communication and be, and behavior and and it's called the it's called the actor model because actor is the unit of computation. It's sort of the unit of work or uh, uh, that that you have and and uh, and, the, and and you know. Uh, actors are extremely lightweight. At least they, I mean, in the sense, it, now we get we're getting down to how how they usually are or are implemented. But but both both in Erlang and and, and most C implement, implement C C plus plus implementations that I that I've seen, especially as, as well as well as Akka, in, implement actors in the way that they are extremely lightweight in terms of how on how they use resources. You know, for example, Akka can only you can run millions of them on a, on a regular. Laptop, you know, and they don't consume. The reason oh, why I see. So it's almost like a green thread, resources. like a green thread yeah, exactly. or a coroutine or something like that. Exactly. So we do multiplexing on threads, you know. So you have like this n n n colon m mapping of, of actors to to threads, and in, in Aka it's called the dispatcher. But yeah, it's the sort of thread pool that you scheduler that 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 you run them on. Yeah, just and to, so for people in, in Aka it only consumes like heap. 
Yeah, just for, for people who uh, might not be familiar. So basically, you have uh, if you create a thread, or even to a greater extent, you create a process. This is actually a lot is happening under the hood. You know, you might say just new thread, and it's it seems really quick or STD thread or something in C plus plus. But actually, under the hood, the OS is doing a ton of work there, and so you can't realistically create, let's say, a million processes, you know, on one computer. It's just not practical, and so a lot yeah. of these. Uh, you see these green threads or these coroutines. The idea is the system creates, let's say, let's say 32 threads right at the beginning. And then when you say, hey, I want to do this bit of work on the side, it just uses one of those 32 threads. It's already been created. And if you try and do 33 things at the same time, that 33rd thing just kind of sits in a queue. And once one of the threads is free, it, it starts, you know, offloading that queue. Right. Exactly. So that's that, that that's essentially how how we we implement actors in in Akka. I mean, nothing prevents you from implementing the actors as having one actor per process. But sort of the I think the whole the whole benefit of actors sort of falls apart, in my opinion. You know, the actors are are so great because they are not mapped to threads that you can easily create you know thousands or millions of them and sort of spread them out on the cluster. You know, the way I, I tend to, to look at them is, is like very similar to, 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 to how things work in nature, you know, ma ma like mapping them to how like, like ant colonies work, you know, like where you, or, 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 or bacteria or something like that, where you can, where you have like, you have, you have, you have so many, right? So if, if, if a few of them fails, it doesn't really matter because others can take over you know, where where the failed one started and sort of and without you know, sort of really affecting the overall health of the application and and that's essentially how how I like to look at actors and why why I see them a really powerful model for the cloud you know where where we have all these compute resources and all these nodes available uh, uh, so so but but a few other things that sort of are characteristically uh, important to actors is that you know that all communication is sort of first class, sort of built in, into the model. Uh, and, 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 and communication is, is sort of, sort of, it, 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 sort of it, it is sort of distributed by nature or by default, where local communication is just an optimization. So it is sort of a unification of distributed and local communication. It means that, that means that they both look the same. It looks the same if you communicate with, with an actor that sits right, right next to you, or lives in another on another node or in another data center. It looks the same, you know. And this is what we mean, what, what we call location transparency. And 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 you know, the, the, one of the benefits of that is that if you have a, a, a reasonably advanced runtime uh, underneath here uh, that sort of understands, you know, how actors are being used and and which ones are overloaded, which are which ones are underutilized, which ones are actually failing now and stuff. You know that runtime can optimize these things by moving the actors around, and 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 so sort of this this is sort of in my opinion the key to location transparency that the that the cluster can can sort of re optimize itself by 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 shuffling actors around on different nodes without you know the the experience of from from the user perspective the client he he never really has to even even know that that is going that is going on you know and that's that, that's a lot thanks to the dy dynamicity of the actor model that the act that actors can serve you know you know one thing that I didn't say is that the way you communicate with an actor is usually through some sort of reference in 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 Erlang you have the what is called the PID the process ID that you send messages to or can we, can we communicate with it? In, in, in ACA, we have what is called the actor ref. 
So you never communicate with the actor directly, but only through this sort of proxy or this reference. So this means that the actor can live anywhere. And this, and this sort of level of indirection also gives the runtime the opportunity to, to manage failure in a transparent way by sort of failing over to, to other actors, even on other nodes, or to route messages, you know, to other actors of the same type and things like that, you know. So, so, so that's a very powerful thing. And, and this is, you know, also leveraged in the, in the, fail, in the failure model. So that is sort of one of the one of the key things also that's that, that I see from from actor the actor model that it has this notion of supervision that that actors you know, watch out for each other you know there is completely masterless decentralized there's no special you know nodes no special actors or anything like that but each actor can watch out for other actors and 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 if if sort of, if his buddy sort of dies he will get a notification and say oh your buddy died what do you want to do about it and then he can sort of choose to escalate. Because it might be, you know, above his pay grade, what to do? He didn't <laughs> perhaps didn't didn't sort of create the actor, or or and stuff like that. So then he escalates up the hierarchy, or he might decide to do something about it and restart the actor or take over his work and things like that. Uh, and and all that can be done, you know, thanks to isolation. That these actors are completely self-contained or autonomous units that that uh, um, to, so that that doesn't have any any strong coupling with anything else. So so basically, uh, the the end user could build, let's say, some checkpointing at the actor level, and then if they say, "Oh, this person that I was dependent on, you know, is supposed to give me ten units of work, and they gave me five units of work and then died," um, mm -hmm. I could use my checkpoint to sort of go back to an earlier state where that person hasn't given me any work and then and then reboot them and and kind of yeah, can keep exactly. going exactly and 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 things everything so the, the way normally organized it is is just like an organizational hierarchy that you have like bosses or whatever you want to call it like we call it the the, the actor parent so any, any actor can be a parent by but simply by creating workers and 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 by escalating sort of the the uh, so when you receive a notification a message from one of your of your workers then you can choose to do something about it or escalate up you know and 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 you can also have this sort of sideway uh, uh, error notification because it might not be you that created the actor but you might, might be d dependent on him right or, or or something like that so then it's also interesting to get a notification that the worker that you're dependent on or the actor you're dependent on it failed, uh, uh, and and uh, and you know you need to encode this type of of, of sort of uh, of a cursor or indexing in in the pro in the protocol, of course, so you know where you were or where you when you when you when you died. But but usually, I mean, if you retain that information, that can be sort of you know sort of relayed up to the uh, up to the sort of parent. And the parent can then sort of kick off yet another worker, sort of, and 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 re resume in him where where the other one failed, so to speak, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So, how does this work with respect to sort of data flow? Like, let's say you're, um, like the play framework, for example. Uh, I guess all of these actors are communicating to with the same uh, database, and so that's sort of is that the way that they. Um, read and write information? Yeah, that's a great question. That sort of leads into one of the features we have in ACA. That's sort of, sort of persistent of state is nothing that's sort of encoded in, in the core actor model. Erlang has their way of doing it. They're essentially using a distributed database called Amnesia, where you put information in and out, sort of a, a, sort of a yeah, 
a key value store, you can say, which is a little mm-hmm. bit more than that. But, but while in we have taken sort of an, 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 an another route where we based our persistence on event logging. So each actor, if you choose it to be persistent, uh, has an event log in which it stores the events uh, that it that it sort of receives. Uh, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with event sourcing and 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 versus command sourcing or so on, but no, I've actually the, never heard of that. To, go, to be honest, okay. <laughs> yeah, so go for it. Okay, uh, well, we we don't need to go into those 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 semantic details, but essentially, what what it does is sort of it just it simply logs the messages that comes in or the events it creates representing the state change uh, uh, coming out of that of receiving that message actually so 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 it might receive a message it decides to, to you know actors are side effect we haven't said that they're, they're not like purely functional or or stuff you know the, the whole point of actors is to do stuff when they receive messages so they are side effecting mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and so 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 whenever you receive a message you have the opportunity to, to create an event representing the state change that you did for that for the you know as an effect of, of receiving that message and then we have uh, you know a way of logging that event representing the, the state change to an, uh, a persistent uh, event log that is sort of replicated and fully durable fully uh, fully decentralized and all those things and 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 you know and then since since all you know all, all events representing state changes are logged uh, uh, in order as they happen. You know, when, when an actor fails, what we do is simply replay the event log, bringing the actor up to, st- up to, up to speed where, where it was. And the beauty of having this event log is that you can use it for a lot of more things than just bringing up the, the, the actor when it, when it failed. You know, you, you can actually, you know, having other consumers of this event log, you know, for example, replicas that make sure that, they're, they, that they sit and read events constantly so they're always hot. Or, you know, for audit purposes, you have like strong audit log, everything that, go, that went on in the system, you know, you can just go in and see. Or, or for debugging purposes, you can sort of having a sort of a one actor that essentially sort of only sits and read events and replicates them to, to an external system that you, that, 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 that you can use for replaying things when things go wrong. In much slower, like event after event, and so we're debugging the system to find out what went wrong and things like that. So it opens up for a lot of interesting things in having this type of architecture with event logging, I believe. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, so what's the connection between um, yeah, the actor model and the reactive programming? So reactive programming as I understand it, I've used a little bit of Angular and some React.js and things like that. And basically, in this environment, you have you have you have um, uh, parts of the website are sort of just monitoring for variables to change. So for example, a very simple example, you have some Angular website and um, you say at the top, it's going to say, hello, name. And maybe at the very beginning, you don't, you know, the name is just empty or null or something like that. Um, but then very quickly, you know, the name gets populated. And then as soon as that happens, the hello name uh, is, is monitoring that variable. And it says, oh, the name has changed to Jason. So let's put hello, Jason. And this all happens yeah. so quickly that, uh, and there's probably no rendering along the way that, that people don't notice that's what's going on. But under the hood, there's there's a lot of like monitoring and 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 sort of triggering. And so that's, that's sort of how I understand Angular. 
like how does how does that reactive model kind of compare or how does that you know work well with with actor yeah that's a great question you know first i have to say that you know reactive is starting to become a sort of quite overloaded word it means a lot of things you know you know people have one context or the one one way of uh, mapping that or or it means one thing to for some web a web developer another thing to to for, for perhaps a low level uh, uh, systems programmer etc etc et and the way and the way and the way i look at it is that it's sort of it I see it as two different categories, you know, the way it's sort of the whole family of reactive. I see it as two different things. First, we have, you have reactive programming, and we can talk, I, mean, I can briefly explain what that means, at least what I think it is. But we also have what I, what we usually call reactive systems. And, 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 and I think I see them as two different things, you know, and one is for local, uh, uh, for programming local things, you know, uh, um, while the other one is to model distributed systems or distributed communi 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 communication, ah, okay. and and one is a subset of this. So I see reactive programming is a subset of, rea of reactive systems. But if we start, I, I can get back to reactive systems. But if we, if we should start with with reactive programming, and so so you know, reactive programming is really about sort. Of, I see it as sort of a variation or, or, or a subset of asynchronous pr programming, you know, where, where the whole idea is that the availability of new information drives the logic. So you have this sort of data flow graph, you know, that's extremely lazy, that doesn't do anything unless the in, in, information is, is available. And then, in the, you know, and, and when, as soon as it's available, it flows downstream, like, like so triggering a bunch of behaviors of, of, of changing data flow of variables and things, and things like that. So it, so it sort of allows you to sort of decompose the problem into multiple sort of discrete steps that are well-defined. Uh, and, mm -hmm. each, and each step can be executed in a fully asynchronous and non-blocking fashion, which is which is great. Like maps work very 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 well to mod like to modern hardware like multi-core and things like that. And then they can be recomposed to produce a workflow or or as I said a graph. And it sort of, it's sort of and, and it usually you know reacts to sort of completely unbounded flow of, of information of like a stream of information. So there's really no end to it. It just reacts to to its environment, so to speak. And reactive programming, as I said, it's it's sort of usually meant for the way I I see it as at least it is that it's it's for local it's for model local comp local computation. It doesn't really have a distribution model. So it's it's more event driven than than sort of message driven. I, I, we, we perhaps don't need to go into all the semantic di 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 differences between them, but the way I view it in short is that event driven is like you simply just sort of, sort of emit sort of events to whoever is interested, you know, in, a, in, a, in can be zero, can be, can be 200, can be a million, it doesn't really matter. And, and, the, and the guy emitting the event really that doesn't know, and it all sort of Sort of, sort of, is emitted in a fully local fashion, while while message driven is is really about direct uh, communication between parties. So it models uh, sort of direct addressable com communication. You know who you're talking to and why, etc. And and that that means that it, 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 you can actually use it to, to cross address boundaries. While reactive programming is really is really all within one one address boundary. That but, makes sense. But but sort of the, the 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 different APIs. If we should talk concrete in a programming model uh, perspective, so the the APIs uh, is, uh, is 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 you can sort of categorize into two different groups. I mean, one is sort of callback based. That's sort of this this old node model, you know, or old, you know, it's like older than that, of course. But node popularized that, you know, we're we're after this event loop, 
uh, was there anonymous side effect and callbacks or, you know, the sort of reads events from event sources. Uh, um, and, and But the other one is sort of becoming more popular now. Is is a, is a de, more declarative model where you where you use functions, you use, you use function composition, and 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 you know things like map and filter and fold and, and things like group by and you know these things and and that's sort of the approach that also most of these like like distributed streaming products have 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 uh, have sort of started to to to, to use and and uh, no, no surprise I think because I mean I, I I definitely favor the declarative model because it allows for for composition while the callback model is really hard to compose and it's, it's really hard to do error handling with with callbacks etc yep. so it, you know the callback hell and all these things so <laughs> yeah uh, so 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 we've we've actually seen a lot of interesting products in sort of the declarative approach to function uh, to to reactive programming you know one is, is sort of, none of this is, is new by the way you know but we, we, but we've seen it you know uh, being being popularized and one is for example futures and promises that's quite an old concept but it's becoming really really pop popular both in web development as well as systems programming and or application development programming and we have them in aka of course and the and the and the other one i will touched upon is sort of streams and 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 um, you, you can run these streams locally. You know, we 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 have streams in Aka, uh, a product called Aka Streams that implements the reactive streams specification that all all runs it locally. And it's it's a way to orchestrate work workflow. You know, and 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 do local data processing in a very low latency, high efficient way. But you can also do it in a distributed fashion. You know, so 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 that sort of sums up my view on. On reactive programming, I don't know if you want me to touch on reactive systems as well. Yeah, I... definitely. That would segue really well into into the next part. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah go ahead. Yeah. So so react react reactive system is sort of, as I said. I mean, it's, it's, it is definitely a superset of react of reactive programming, but sort of try to expand those capabilities uh, uh, into sort into a set of the good design principles. I'd say for for uh, di distributed systems so we try to encode that in 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 the in 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 the rea in what's called a reactive manifesto it's something i started i and then i later have been have been sort of have sort of evolved uh, by through 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 contributions by others but it's 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 essentially you know to try to to try to come up with a common vocabulary in the set of design principles for for building modern systems that are ready for for multi-core for cloud computing and or you know IoT you know data streaming and all of the, and all of these things and and I always you know feel feel inclined to say that nothing of this is new you know these principles you know can be traced back to the seventies and eighties you know all the work with with by Jim Gray you know Patel and uh, some of my my old time heroes and also Joe Armstrong <laughs> you know, and on 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 Erlang and and you know the foundation for reactive systems. It's message passing. It's not a being event driven. If you should like tour pure semantics, because as I said event driven is all about. It really doesn't have a way of doing addressing. You can't cross, you know, address boundaries. Why message passing? You know, it, it's all it's all about sending a message to someone to to, to a, a destination. So 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 it's really the the best way to model distributed communication. I believe. And and you know because I think the key here is that message passing that what we build on uh, uh, when we talk about reactive systems is that message passing really creates this sort of, sort of temporal boundary between components that allows them to be fully decoupled, you know, and and the, the, and they can be decoupled in time, and this this is what allows for for concurrency, 
you know, and they can mm -hmm. be allowed uh, decoupled in space also. And this is what allows for distribution and mobility and and, 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 and location transparency, as we talked about. This level of indirection and this full isolation that also, you know, it paves the way for 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 self-healing system, a health system, you know, you know, you know, re recover from failure without affecting other parts of the of the system. So so so, so, so the reactive manifesto sort of ends up with with the story of, of of that message passing. You know, can give you resilience through self-healing systems through this isolate problems of isolation, all these things, as well as elasticity. You know, having to having the system to grow and shrink on demand. You know, um, to do, living up to the promise of cloud computing. So yeah, so. a number a number of questions. I mean, so one one question before I jump into a, a whole suite of other questions is, you talk about the sort of uh, orchestration of of this sort of dynamical system, right? Is mm -hmm. there any work on sort of uh, uh, I wanted to say reactive, but but um, any work of sort of like a, a really advanced sort of supervision? So for example, um, every uh, every actor type or every actor implementation, uh, you know, something could monitor those and say, oh, you know, this particular action is very expensive and I've learned it's expensive because this program has been running for 10 minutes or it ran yesterday or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so we could plan ahead and say, you know, this, these sets of actions need to run on their own machine because they're super expensive. These other ones are really lightweight. I mean, my guess is there's probably a lot of, um, I don't know if, if it's possible in the context of the JVM, but in general, it sounds like there's a lot of open research around sort of supervising and moving around these actors to get you know, optimal performance. Absolutely. And, and we, we do that to some extent in, 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 in ACA. And I've always been... You know, long term, you know, the vision that I have, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's long term. I'd like to see, you know, fully adaptive systems, you know, leveraging AI and all these things, you know, you know, but that's that's it's, uh, that's sort of far out. So what we what we have in practice running you know, today is is simpler, you know, in in, in, in a metrics based routers, for example, uh, that can sort of act uh, both upon, you know, how sort of we more based on low-level metrics, you know, you know, latency and, and throughput and these type of things, and 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 and, and, and as you say, failure rates and and things like that. And we also allow us to sort of tag uh, uh, certain, uh, you, know, you know, groups of actors as as you know, high priority or be or less priority or, or given different roles and things like that. And that that can also be like take take into account in how you prioritize work across across the cluster. But, you know, but one thing that we haven't said is that I sort of touched a little bit upon it, but one of one of the sort of really fascinating things with actors is that even if we even though we implement it in a statically compiled language like Java, for example, or Scala, you know, it's actually implemented in Scala. Uh, uh, we, I mean, the actor model by itself, you know, give, give give you a lot of dynamicity because the actor, what when it receives a message, it can sort of re redefine its own behavior uh, uh, and, and sort of prior to receiving the next message. So it, it can completely change the way it, it 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 behaves, and this means that it can actually turn itself. For example, if it feels like it is overloaded, it can itself turn itself into a router and spin up, you know, like twenty different routes on on other machines even and start relaying 
and and once the the traffic decreases, it, it just kills them and, re and sort of restores the old behavior doing the work himself. So this is perhaps the contrived example, but 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 this is stuff that that. Uh, I don't know if that if is that that contrived, but things are usually more more advanced than this, you know. And, and we have we have capabilities that that, that does that the sort of solves is better. But it sort of it tries to illustrate the the, the dynamicity of the actor model. That the, these actors are fully dynamic in the way that they read and redefine what they are really, and and as well as being moved around, you know, uh, along with their state and and and. Um, so 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 that opens for 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 a ton of possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fascinating. I mean, I think an actor could could try to say, um, like, is the data, you know, is the I/O going to justify uh, the you know the computation boost I get from spinning up a bunch of sub actors? And if not, I'll just do it myself or something like that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's always a trade-off. You know, there's no there's there's no right answer. It's all it's all contextual. And even even if you have all the information, you probably can easily do the wrong call any take the wrong call anyway. You know, so 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 that that that's why this that, that dynamicity in having like uh, sort of where there's no fixed topology. You know, you, you know the the classic way to distribute it, or at least the way I learned to, to build the distributed system was that you have to design the topology of the system up front. In, in, you know where things should run, etc. Right, and they need to redeploy or reboot things to 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 change. And but having having this dynamicity means that the, the topology can evolve and, and com will probably completely change from how you initially deployed it after it been running for a while. Yeah, that makes sense. So, what's the difference between, let's say, the actor model and Akka and something like MPI? Yeah, yeah, one. I mean, I mean, first, first, I'd say you know, you know, of course, the, I mean, MPI being being native, it's 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 um, it can, can be used for things like uh, you know, lot low, lot, lot, probably a lot more low latency. It doesn't have the overhead of the of the garbage or the, or the unpredictability of the garbage collector, things like that. But but also, you know, I personally never used MPI, but but, but that's. Does that map to threads directly one to one, or is, does it do multiplexing? Or because that's that could be one of the differences. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think MPI is is very heavy handed. So I think every every um, MPI node, yeah, definitely needs to be a thread, maybe even a process. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's. I don't. I think there might be shared memory. So so I think I think yeah, each MPI node has to be its own process, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah, so I'd say that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that model. I mean, that there is a, a certain case of use, a certain class of use cases that fits that model by having, you know, essentially one worker, you know, in you know, sitting, you know, uh, in in the same place, so to speak, with the all, all with all the caches hot. You know, there's no there's no sort of context switching at all. You can just do all the work that that you give it with the lowest latency and as as possible. You know that that model uh, is great when when you have a limited number of workers and you, and and a static number of workers, where you know that you have, for example, ten workers or five workers who just want to hand out work and have them go as fast as they can possibly do. You know the the single writer principle is really is really a really good guiding principle when it comes to modern hardware. You know you just Keep the cache sort just right as, as as fast as you can, and 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 don't don't let go, you know, because then you might be be, be suspended. Um, uh, um, 
while while the actor model, you know, it it, it of course can can do that, but a lot more inefficient because it can be 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 sort of you know re rescheduled on another on on another thread on another core, you know. So so and it's really hard. There are of course. An, an, Native libraries, JNI libraries that tries to solve the problem of pinning threads to cores, and we can pin actors to threads and things like that. But but that sort of violates the idea of the model because the idea of the model is to have, you know, hundreds or thousands of these things that that uh, that give you a very different way of programming, and 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 uh, that fits another class of problems, you know. So so it's uh, it's really comparing apples and oranges. If you're on, if, for example, if, if you're on the JVM, there is a great library that sort of in more, implements more of the MPI model that's called, called the Disruptor. It was created by a guy called Martin Thompson working for LMAX, building sort of high-frequency trading exchanges and stuff like that. Uh, or, or, I'm not sure about the high-frequency, but he's been involved in these type of things, but it's actually, it's actually a, a stock exchange. With, of course, extremely low latency guarantees and where they have, you know, the number of workers, you know, fixed. and and uh, where the actor model would be a really bad fit. But, but for a large class of problems, especially, you know, we, we talk about microservices and this like about, in general cloud application development, uh, uh, streaming, all these things, I think actors is a really good tool to, to use. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I think, I mean, it's hard to know what something is capable of, but it's easier to talk about how it's typically used. <laughs> and the way MPI is typically used is, as you said, you know, one MPI node per machine usually and you know very limited passing of data back and forth um a lot of it is really kind of done by hand and yeah and i think the biggest thing is it it sounds like with the actor model you, know, you can kind of build it on one machine and then be kind of confident that it will scale out whereas with mpi um it's it's, it's much more tailored to you know your specific your 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 hardware and and the specific environment. What about what yeah. about something like uh, Spark or Hadoop or something like that? Like one of these, um, I don't know what you would you would call it, like like kind of like a big data ETL type library. Like what would be the trade offs? Why, why would somebody use let's say Spark instead of Akka or Akka instead of Spark or something like that? Well, that's 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 a great question. And I think I think it composed pretty well. First, you can you can definitely use Akka to build something like that. For example, Flink. I don't know if you know that. That's that's built right 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 on top of Akka. You're using all 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 of these features that that we talked about. And 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 uh, and uh, you know, so it's so it's more of a low level pro programming model when you, when you only talk about the actor part of Akka. You know, but but what what we have added is is a, it's a lot of things on top. You know, we have Akka cluster, for example, that does sort of, does sort of peer to peer gossip based clustering, similar to Dynamo, you know, or Cord, or I don't know what, what, what you're familiar with mm -hmm. in terms of, 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 of research, research papers. But, 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 you know, similar to Cassandra, you know, you, you know masterless, fully decentralized uh, 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 clustering. And, 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 uh, and 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 another tool that, that sort of ties into to the to the streaming, as I said, is is the Akka Streams library that 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 gives you a great toolbox to do quite advanced streaming, you, you know, fanning out, fanning in, doing you know, like data processing and, and and things like that. But but we have chosen to only support local uh, 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 local processing, focusing more on very very low latency and high and high throughput. 
So, so if you want to do distributed stream processing, of course you can use something like Akka, but you will have to build a lot of things yourself. You can perhaps you know, stitch together, you know, you know, we've actually have, have support for that called stream breath, where you can, where you can sort of stitch together Akka streams nodes, local Akka streams node across the cluster. And for simple use cases, that's great. And that's why we built it for, for customers that, 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 you know, love that model, but only want to be able to scale out a little bit. But if you have big needs, you know, we, we, for, for doing uh, like, you know, fast data processing, uh, uh, then, then you should definitely use the tools like tailored for that. And, and, and then, uh, you know, Spark Streaming or, 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 or Flink or something like Google Cloud Dataflow is, are, 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 are great models. For that and of course, I mean they compose. You know, you can have actors as being the services to the endpoints, the stateful endpoints. You know, receiving data, you know, from external systems, or or, or, or you know, being the application point of the, you know, for 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 uh, uh, said for microservices or type at the end at the endpoints of the of the of the streaming pipeline. And we uh, so they absolutely com compose nicely. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so one question about the the actor model: Can the act do the actors? So one thing that I think makes this a little different from um, something like like Ray or one of these other systems is I think the actors can actually send data before they have sort of terminated. So most of the time when you have these kind of systems, at least I kind of think of it as sort of this functional thing where I send inputs to some process and I get back outputs. And so that can fan out however it does. But with the actor model, something could be running maybe even perpetually and it's 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 sort of a, a like a uh, um like a like a permanent thing that's getting data sending data you're getting messages sending messages back but it doesn't have to be just sent back on termination i feel like yeah. that opens a lot of opportunity yeah it's, it's really good that you that you point point that out i, I should have said it in the, uh, the, you know that one of the, the sort of the area where actors sort of shine is that it's is, is in being long-lived, addressable, stateful uh, objects. In, in, in long-lived meaning that they, you know, they outlive like uh, sort of, you know, the context, application context, or, or scope stuff like that. And then addressable means that, that you have a stable reference that you can you can always you know send message to 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 them. And 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 stateful is probably the the, the most Im important thing that that, that how it sort of di di distinguishes from a lot of of these other concurrency constructs, like 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 most data flows, and I mean they are stateful within, you know, but they they terminate and then it's the end of that, you know, or or, or futures that you can have one value, you know, but they're not really stateful in the sense that they are long-lived, addressable, stateful things. So 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 um, I that's uh, that's really how I should, should use them. If you if you if you if you only you know have a need for stateless, you know, essential stateless data processing, then I would not use actors. There are better tools for that. I will use some sort of stream processing, some sort of data flow graph, or we rely on futures or you know, future promises, or or something like that. Even for local computation, uh, uh, I wouldn't rely on actors. But as soon as you have this exact need that you point out, then then actors are are, are extremely handy. So how does that work when you say they're addressable? Like, is there Almost like a like a DNS type thing going on when you start when you start an, an ACA system where you can say, you know, give me worker twenty three or something like that. I want to send them a message. Exactly. We'll figure out a way to do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, first, I mean, if you uh, the way it works in ACA is that if you 
if, if you just use arc actors, it doesn't have it doesn't give you any DNS cap cap capabilities. But but it all you know starts from the top level actor that, that creates actor, and then then you need to make sure that 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 you pass along the references that that, that needs to serve that, that that each actor needs to do need, needs to have as well as when an actor uses another actor. It, its references, its reference, its actor ref. You know, the handle is passed along. So, so, so you can just store away that and and communicate back, etc. So that's how you can pop populate things. But that's of course very limiting. And that's so one of the features with with our cluster that adds, you know, the, the clustering cap capabilities is what we call uh, sharding. Uh, a cluster sharding, and that's essentially gives you what you what you ask for. You, you know, you know, you have this this uh, essentially the addresses where actors are sort of gossiped around, and 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 that can change. You know, you can have sort of consistent hashing. You know, so sort of consistently hand out actors. You know, across the across the across the the node ring, uh, the set of you know di di distributed nodes in the cluster. And 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 when those leave and go, you know that that no that needs to be repartitioned, you know. So and and actors would then be be re uh, be reallocated or, or moved around, and, and that information, or the new sort of DNS or or addressable information will be gossiped around. Uh, so everyone has the has the latest news, so to speak. The makes sense. Table. It sounds like the the whole the problem of you know I need a shared let's just say a key value store. Uh, we could we could treat DNS as a key value store. Like I've I've this sort of shared key value store that needs to be replicated among all the actors. That that sounds like a hard problem. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like I mean there's 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 a uh, conflicts that could happen. You know, uh, someone could just find out about a actor and that actor's already dead or something like that. It it almost seems like there's a lot of complexity around having a consistent uh, key value store that's gossiped among all the actors like how does that actually work absolutely you're right there and and and, and you know we we rely on 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 both like old and recent research re research there uh, as i said you know this epidemic gossiping is based on 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 also not reasonably old papers now and and the same thing as 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 as, as the the failure de de detection algorithms and things like that but but when it comes to replicating of the state we we re we we rely first on vector clocks, uh, uh, which is qu it's a quite old, you know, thing invented by was it Leslie Lamport back in the day? I, I uh, mm -hmm. no, perhaps yeah, I don't remember. I think so. Yeah, he invented Lamport clocks, and then someone else invented vector clocks on top of that. But anyway, uh, uh, that's quite that, that that's quite old. But 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 we also you know rely on on quite recent research when it, when it comes to disseminate uh, 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 sort of state. And that is called something called CRDT, so like conflict-free replicated data types, which is quite recent research. Which actually, you know, vector clock is actually is a CRDT, but but CRDT sort of generalizes that by giving you a way of of expressing state uh, that sort of in a, in a fully monotonically increasing fashion uh, with a merge function that you know that it will always merge. You know, so it will oh, always. It sounds similar. Sounds similar to like this operational transform type stuff, where you can you can forward port any of these ideas. It's 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 very similar. It's sort of I think it was parallel research. Uh, this this CRDT was it was I think started by by Mark Shapiro at, Mi at Microsoft, where this operation transform was in was a, was a Google, right? So right. I think it was it was it was sort of done more or less in par in parallel. Uh, uh, 
but CRDTs have sort of exploded in the research arena after after the initial papers. And then there's now, you know, models for modeling CRDTs that are not just, you know, the simple things are registers and counters, but also things like maps and even and sets and even to some extent graphs. So 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 you can model quite rich data structure as long as you, you know adhere to the rules, you know, and 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 uh, be sure that they are they are eventually consistent for sure. They are strongly consistent, but you can be guaranteed that they will always converge eventually. You know, so you have strong eventual consistency. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So just so, to, to to sort of tie it back uh, to to something everyone knows. So if you talk about like uh, Google Docs, so you have a Google Doc, you're editing it, your friend is editing it, and let's say you both go to the same cursor and you both hit delete at exactly the same time to delete some character. Now what's going to happen is one of you is going to arrive first and um, that delete is going to take effect. Then the second person shows up with the delete. And basically, to, to sort of simplify this, there'll be some bookkeeping going on. So we know that when that person hit the delete key, we know sort of their state when they did that. And so the system can sort of modernize that delete or you know, bring it forward in time. And when it does that, it will encounter the previous delete and it will say, oh, this person didn't really intend to hit delete <coughs> after that delete. They intended to really do the same thing. And so we'll just we'll just, you know, not execute that second one. Or we'll figure out some way to amend it. You know, if someone deletes a letter at exactly the same time another person deletes the entire line, then we'll just delete the whole line. Um, but all of that kind of, you know, uh, it's almost like a git rebase or something like that, but you can't rely on a person to do the merge, you have to come up with a set of rules that can be executed autonomously. Right, right. And, and, you, and you know, these sort of like primitive ways of doing that is like last right, last right wins and stuff like that uh, is, is usually not sufficient because you will have data loss. You, uh, right. you know, and, and a lot of key value stores implemented like that, which is quite quite fascinating, while, while others, you know, rely on things like vector blocks and, and, and even CRDTs to try to actually do proper merge without discarding data cool that makes sense so as far as uh you know recovering from node failure does that is that something that kind of aka pushes on the user so i guess aka provides the user with a notification of a failure and then the user has to the developer has to figure out um sort of how to reconcile that no that's not the way the way the way it works i mean so so if, if if the user if, if you move if, when it's, when it's a user if 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 you then mean the a user of the of one of the actors, uh, I mean I, as I, as I, as I explained earlier, you have this in level of interaction. You have the actor app that that you talk to, and you never really see or touch or, or know much about the actor unless you use monitoring software, of course, which you should. <laughs> but but right. from a programming pr perspective, you don't, you, of course, you can subscribe to, as I said, events on how the actor is doing, but you don't have to do that. But, but the, since the responsibility of recovering from failure is, is solely on the, on the runtime, uh, 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 and, and um, you know, it's uh, on... Uh, on node fail or or or, or do what, what what was the specific question you asked there? Uh, yeah, uh, so, I lost it. so yeah, no, it's fine. So specific. So if if an actor fails, then uh, I guess the system will spin up a, a copy, but then it also has to notify. Actually, that's a that's an interesting thing. Like if if an actor fails, we have to know like who is impacted by that because it could actually be anybody potentially. 
So I guess yeah, potentially yeah, everyone so, has so, to be notified of that. Yeah, everyone that has, you know, essentially the way the way it, it the way the way it works is that you know, and it can be any number of actor refs, you know, uh, sort of references to that to that to the, to to that actor, and 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 uh, uh, you know, if an if an actor fails, it's it's it can be of course uh, restarted on the same machine very 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 quickly. But the bigger problem and the more common problem. Or uh, perhaps more, not more common problem. One is user error normally, or running out of memory, or something like that. But 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 the the the, the more interesting problem is probably on, on node failure, when where the whole machine goes down. And 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 you know what's what's happening then is that is that we 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 rely on, on Aka cluster there to do to do to do failure detection. You know, and, and and that's of course a really hard problem because there's very easy to have like false positives. Uh, I mean, the, the, you might think that, that, the, that the actor or, or that, that the node that you're communicating with, we do sort of heartbeating, you know, you know, right. you know ping, pinging around. And, 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 and heartbeats might be delayed for various reasons. It might not be that the node failed. It might be that it's just doing garbage collection because we're on the JVM, you know, so it's just really, really slow and it's busy. Or it might just be overloaded with user requests. Or, or there might be a temporary net network glitch. That, so the act, so this, the node is still alive. Kicking and 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 it, you know that's really hard to do. So we we have heuristics and we have you know ways to 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 to, to, to sort of define certain thresholds for these heuristics. And but but you know if you know based on these heuristics, we we have to sort of sort of decide that you know that node is, is down. You, you know then then we have uh, then we have sort of different algorithms in order to how to. How to resolve resolve that? It can be that, that we're sort of basing it on. First, I have to say, you know, that the problem might, in most cases, is is a problem of, of split brain. You know, that you actually have to. It's actually only a network disconnect. You you don't know, but it might be that it's only a network disconnect or splitting up the cluster mm -hmm. into two two different halves. And 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 then you have another problem. You know, that in in which which is which. Sort of side of the data center, you know, should you should you let let keep running, you know, and and because if you if you if you like just only sort of sort of spin up all actors on both sides, you know, thinking that the other half is down, then you run into the problem that you have a duplication, you know, and and you can run into all the data consistencies, right? So so you need some sort of intelligence here to to do a good. A good uh, sort of take a good good decision. Like one of the half of the cluster then needs to decide I'm I'm out, you know, and the other half won, or 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 vice versa. And there are different algorithms for that. And we have uh, we don't need to go into specifics, right? But 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 they're all you know based on 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 your needs for the use case. You know, you know, one example might be that there is a one critical actor that you absolutely need for the system function to be on one side, you know, and then of course that system wins even though you only have two actors there or two nodes there and 200 on the other one. Sorry, it's a really, it's a really, it's really bad luck. Uh, or, or, it's, or it's like simple majority wins, you know, where the majority of nodes you like will wins while the while, while this while the smaller cluster has to have to re reboot or or hold, you know. Uh, so. So, 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 this is really a hard, a hard problem. But, 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 uh, but, you know, once you de detect that, it's really, it's really about sort of, sort of resuming the, the actors uh, on the healthy nodes, you know, and 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 repartition the cluster uh, to have sort of a balanced uh, sort of allocation of actors on the on the nodes that are still running. 
and and uh, and sort of also sort of gossip around the new address information. So all the actor refs in the cluster, meaning all clients, can start using the actors uh, on their new, on the new locations. And from the act from the user of these actors, they should never find out, apart from the latency, of course, it takes for these for this whole process to to happen. It makes it. It seems like um, to, to sort of program in a defensive way. It seems really important to like segment the data you're receiving from each actor. So, like for example, a degenerate example is where you spin up a bunch of actors and they let's say they send messages to you and your job is to just concatenate all of these messages or accumulate all of these messages, right? Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're sending back numbers and you're just adding them up. And so you've added up, you're up to, you know, 1,027 and then an actor dies. Well, now you're kind of in mm -hmm. trouble because you don't necessarily know the contribution. You can't separate the contribution of that actor from the other ones. And so even if, unless that one happens to, unless you have some way of restarting that actor at exactly the right spot, you kind of, you, then that, that death needs to sort of cascade upwards because you're inconsistent, right? So it seems yeah. like uh, people have to program in a way where they're uh, you know, keeping track of who said what, and uh, that way they, uh, they don't end up in the situation where they can't recover, right? Yeah, the way the way it's usually solved is by is by using event event logging. Then you, I mean, then the actor doesn't need himself to to keep track of that. But but uh, but uh, uh, you, you know whatever made it to to the actor, or, or 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 more whatever the actor has actually done, you know in, you know is persisted. So he knows exactly where he was when he when he, when he died because he he can just like bring you know. Replay the log, bring him up to speed, and continue to take our requests. Oh, while, while, the while the sender of those, I mean, of course, knows where he was when he sent because he didn't get an act, an act of the message. And by the way, we have you know support for that, you know, guaranteed delivery as 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 well through 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 you know, replay of so resending of messages, deduplication, and you know at least once delivery. Uh, as well, you know. So 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 I think we have more or less the whole chain covered uh, if you layer in these things you know this is also one of the core philosophies of of, of, of aka is that we the bare bones actor bare bones actor don't have any guarantees you know it's far forget you're on your own and that's simply because that's the that's the most performant and that's the, that's the least expensive and that, and and some and some might want that. So why should you pay for more than you absolutely need? But we then have you know layers that you can sort of layer in in terms of rely reliability. For example, when it comes to when it comes to communication, you essentially just uh, use a you know, sort of mix in or in a, a, a trait called at least once delivery. You know that that does you know what it says at least once delivery, deduplication, and and a resending or retransmission of, of messages, etc. So give that, that that reliability when it comes to the com communication. That of course costs a lot. Well, not a lot, but it costs. You know what 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 it costs, of course. Right. And 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 but you don't need to write it yourself. And and when it comes to you know to on the on the on the consumer side. We, we, as I said, allow you to, to, to layer in uh, event logging, which of course also has a cost because it needs to go down to disk and, 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 and commit every message. Uh, and, and, you know, in order to do that in a strong, consistent fashion, it needs to wait until you have committed the message, you know, you know down to reliable 
a reliable medium, which is pluggable, by the way, so you can plug in almost anything you like. But but that that also has a cost, you know. But you can choose then to layer in the guarantees you need when you when you need it. So what about? I mean, now there's this. Um, I mean, like the whole blockchain thing is getting really popular. There's a lot of like really interesting distributed technologies that are coming out that are distributed sort of, I guess, over the public sphere, I guess is, is a way to say it. But you have things like yep. WebTorrent and things like that. And in this case, you know, there's um, many, uh, many clients can't actually reach each other, like many physical nodes can't communicate with each other. Um, but you're relying on sort of the whole system to have some sort of uh, graph that that is that uh, that is connected, right? And so, can yeah. Aka work over over something like that? Like, does it have NAT punch through? And you know, do, does it does it is it design? You know, does it does the design extensible to that, or is it is it mostly for sort of clusters where the nodes are able to communicate with each other, you know, pretty reliably and all of that? I, I, you know, there, there, first I'd say that there are blockchain implementations on, on Arca and, and, and I haven't used them myself. So I can't, I can't talk about the, the, sort of the, yeah, the, how, the quality of them, but, but, but sort of nothing prevents you from, so the actor model by itself, I think, lets itself very, very well to these types. Of, of the distributed problem because it's it's all it's all it's all just you know no 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 like stateful nodes and, and efficient communication between them, uh, but but you know the way we've looked at Arca and the implementation of Arca is that we've always said that it 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 should ideally be used in in a trusted environment. I mean, thanks to I mean security problems and, and things like you you can tunnel it you know over 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 T, over TLS and things like that and. And 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 uh, we have support for for these type of 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 of, um, of yeah of security uh, sort of guarantees, but but uh, it's it's not really meant for that type of of, of large uh, like super like world world scale uh, systems. Um, if all if all you used were like stateless uh, actors, uh, uh, then it would probably work quite well. But you know. When where it where it, where it becomes tricky is is with the stateful part because if you want if you want strong consistency you can you can only have one actor you know in charge and 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 you need a full replication of that state you know across where you know everywhere the whole the whole world you know, <laughs> right. etc. I mean it's 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 not really meant for that you know then you need you know something like blockchain that's sort of meant for for being shared in in a distributed fashion in a fully reliable fashion but 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 marrying the two you know having having the model of communication from actors and 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 or from arca and 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 having you know the state being blockchains i mean i mean that could absolutely work uh, but i haven't explored it but conceptually it would cool that makes sense so so you uh, founded a company lightbend is that correct yeah it's it's a company that we I you know when I when I started Arca about 2009 I had no intention to really to, to start a start a company but it immediately became became extremely popular and I realized I had to start doing consultancy on it and and, and you know you know take support requests so I st- I started a company in 2009 called Scale Scalable Solutions and uh, you know Arca grew out of the scholar community so I, I knew a lot of people there when went went to conferences and I met with Martin Oderski you know the the, the creator of Scala. And 
and so and sort of he 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 and I uh, sort of realized that yeah we should do something to, together. Akas built on Scala. I mean, and Scala's really getting traction. Akas getting traction. It could be interesting to to form a company together. So we did that, and, and we launched it in two thousand eleven. And we later then you know added the play framework and you know a bunch of tools around it. And 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 uh, you know we the last years we've been working on a fast data platform. Uh, for for like for di distributed streaming, making sense in the in the streaming jungle, and 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 things like that. So so it's been it's been quite a ride. Uh, cool. And so so I guess uh, um, so 2009, 2011, and yeah, I think Scala was um, was really big. I think at Twitter, Twitter was really pushing Scala. Who who are the other sort of really heavy hitters that are using Scala and and play and things like that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I mean, I mean, a lot of the heavy hitters, unfortunately, we can't talk much about. You know, that's, oh, okay, that's, got that's, it. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's always the case. But you know, but a lot of investment banks and and and, and you know, mo mo most banks on Wall Street are are, are heavily invested in Scala. Oh, I didn't know that. But but uh, but also, you know, you know, LinkedIn, for example, and 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 uh, yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of the different different like like uh, social media and also retail. You know, there's there's a ton of of, of clients. I, I I sort of um, yeah. Cool. I don't exactly know who I who I can mention. You know, without yeah, that, so that, 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 that that makes that's sense. That's why I'm, I'm I'm hesitant. I can sort of list along, but then I might say something that I shouldn't say. So yeah, that, so, but, that totally but, makes but, sense. But absolutely, there, there's a ton of you know because it's, it is even the scholars course of source. It is this, this intersection between what what or what is a just a user and what is a client. Uh, but uh, you know, scholars really been been taking off immensely. I, I started using it in 2006. I think it was quite. It was quite early, and you know, back then I remember the first conference. It was in 2010. It was like small group meeting at EPFL, and 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 uh, it's been really growing immensely after 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 that. And and uh, yeah, actually, it's, it's, I do it's, some some Scala mostly Spark at uh, my job. I think it's fantastic. I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, sometimes I I. Uh, um, see some people using operators in a really confusing way, and so I have to like take a moment to say, okay, what is this? What is this operator doing? Um, but overall, you know, the the freedom it gives you. I'm, I'm a big fan of languages that at least have the option of typing, uh, you know, of type safety, and um, you know, the Spark the Spark framework is is absolutely fantastic. And so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. But I probably yeah. started using it. Um, around 2013 2014 so i've only been using it for a few years yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad to hear that you like it i think i think i think for the use case that that you're talking about i think it's 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 worth one where it really really shines because you know it, because of the functional side of scala and, and, and you know the things we talked about for reactive programming initially in in this in this in this chat uh, uh, uh you, you know having sort of first class Combinators, you know, like like map and, and filter and fold, and having having them easily composed. You know, these are things that hard, that's hard with a language like Java that doesn't have have first class functions. So 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 so. Um, but I think that's why we see a lot of these companies like Spark and Flink and 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 and, and Kafka. You know, it's also written in Scala. Uh, oh, I didn't know just that. Lends itself very well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've done also Java um, Hadoop. And uh, yeah, it's 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 not it's not pretty. It's like uh, you know, like you know, extract data function 
but it's actually a class and it has a function called run or something like that. It's just, it becomes yeah. very verbose because everything does, has yeah. to be a class. Uh, with Scala, yeah. it's, it feels much more native. I mean, you can you can add to 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 columns of a data set without having to create a class. I mean, it seems in hindsight, it's very obvious that's the, the right design pattern, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just have, you know, you know, first class closures and things like that it makes it makes it a lot, make it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that said, you know, Java added lambdas, you know, so so it's it's a little bit easier in Java now than it's than it used to be. But oh, okay. Still, you know, but but uh, but you know, lambdas are not functions, you know, in the in the in the true sense. So 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 I think they miss out a lot. Yeah. On that. Yeah, that makes sense. So what about like uh, um, the the company Lightbend? So it started out with you and and the 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 founder or creator of Scala. And have you added a lot of people since then, or is it uh, trying to keep yeah, it pretty yeah. focused, or what? Yeah, we've been we've sort of growing slowly. I'd say. I mean, we we've been around for you know for a few for a few for a few years, like seven years now, and I we've been sort of we're up to hundred around around hundred and forty people now, uh, which is wow. yeah, with uh, 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 sort of pretty sized, uh, well sized, you know, engineering organization and, and sales and. And and you know marketing and stuff like that. So I mean, all it takes, you know, to run a real company. When you know, when you when you start the startup, you know, we were just we were seven guys, you know, in it, not not in the garage, but at our homes, you know. <laughs> okay. We started very distributed, and we're still very distributed, which is which is sort of really challenging, you know. But we sort of tried to grow slowly, and 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 you know, only grow where in we're in where we absolutely need. Yeah, you know, when it comes to 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 being you know remote and distributed, we're. We're, I think we're around 20 countries now, and we're almost at all continents, you know, in, in like Asia, you know, both both Australia and, and, and New Zealand, we're in Africa, we're, you know, we're South America, US, Europe, we're, we're across the whole, the whole, the whole globe, which is, you know, extremely super exciting and fun, but it's also very challenging when it comes to, you know, communication and meetings and all those things. Yeah, I mean, not to, you know, like go off on a tangent, but... Uh... This is something that that day to day, you know, we've been uh, I've been talking about a lot. Um, you're dealing with sort of time zone and and sort of being able to sort of franchise in a sense the the the, the organization, right? And so, how do you deal with the fact that there's people all over the world? They're all waking up, going to sleep at different times. Like, do you use like Slack or something like that? I mean, what? How do you sort of keep consistency there when everyone's you know different parts of the world yeah that's a great question it's it's, it's uh, everyone you know it's, it's your, we don't have it all figured out you sort of learn as you as you as as, as you go but but sort, of, but, sort of, but sort of one of the guiding principles is, that i've had you know when building the company from the start is that that you know that there are, there is no such thing like you like remote employees you, you know it's only distributed teams and and because I mean and, and the distinction I make here is that you know it's really really hard for to have to have a team co-located and one or two guys remote because that 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 means that they they talk you know over over coffee and over lunch and things like that and then they forget to to pass that information on yep. and and it becomes you know very 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 split up and divided and it's really really hard on the people that are then remote but if, if but if you talk about Fully distributed teams, then it means that every single one is remote, and 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 even if they do happen to sit in the same office, you know they can't, you know, communicate. Of course, they can talk, you know, but but if sure. if, if, if if there's important information, it has to be 
you know, communicated over some sort of textual form or, or, or perhaps, you know, send a screencast around or something like that. But it's, more, it's, ma it's mainly text. So, so, so having this distinction that, uh, that for, for a team, we, we have had teams that have been fully co-located, and then that's fine. But then everyone needs to be there, you know, else it's a, it's a, it's a fully distributed team, regardless of where people are. And, yeah, and, and having that, that mentality sort of helps. Uh, but it also makes it, you know, makes it hard, you know, when it comes to, to it makes it tedious, you know, having to write everything, everything down. It takes more time to document everything thoroughly and things like that. But it's, but, and, and also, you know, it's, it might be harder to, to do meetings. And one, but one of the sort of also guiding principles that, we, that we've had in the past that we actually had to, to go away from a little bit now, but that we try to do is to keep all, all teams in the same time zone because that means that they can hang out, you know, on on the Slack, you know, and things like that in real time, and and and, and don't have to wake up and catch up, you know, on on two hundred messages, and, and a really hard time figuring out the context. Uh, uh, but that, but as I said, we haven't, you know, managed to keep that for every team. But for example, the ACA team is full, was fully, you know, fully distributed, a bit all in one, in one, or or, or it might be two time zones. Uh, yeah, so, that makes so, sense. So that's something that uh, uh, that also helps. Yeah, uh, but I actually, you know, the, the, the tools it's mainly Slack and email, and and you know, Skype Hangouts and, and or Zoom that we use now. So it's just yeah, not nothing fancy. Cool, that makes sense. Yeah, I, actually, I ran into somebody who's company had the exact opposite philosophy they wanted uh each team to be distributed and uh let's just say it, it doesn't work <laughs> like that idea just is not a good idea i think that what you proposed is, is actually i, I agree 100 percent. i think um it's very isolating to have and it's never going to be balanced so it's it, it, i mean it's the odds are not that it's the odds are high that it's going to be as you said one or two people out of ten you know, across the globe, and the other eight are are on are on the other side of the globe. So it, it doesn't really work. But yeah, once yeah. you go to the team no, it's, level, it's just no fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. So if someone is, um, so we have listeners all over the world. If someone is, um, you know, just uh, in university, um, they have a degree in, let's say, computer science or electrical engineering or something like that, and they're interested in, um, you know, and they're interested in a career at Lightben. Uh, sort of what opportunities are there? We're actually surprisingly, uh, a number of people have reached out to us and said so they literally ended up finding jobs with people we interviewed, which I was pretty wow. shocked. I, I didn't really expect that, but but it turns out this is actually a really good medium for people who are, um, especially in university, um, but in general, just engineers. And so what what sort of opportunities do you have at, at Lightbend and, and what does what does that look like? Yeah, we're 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 very interested in people coming straight out of the university. You know, they have they, they haven't been damaged yet. <laughs> no, just kidding. But but it's it's uh, it's it's usually you know in, in we've been hiring a lot of people right from the university or or, or very close to coming out of the university at least. And 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 uh, you know, and I think that uh, you know if you. If you're interested in working on, on you know, hard distributed systems type of things, you know, you know, multi-core concurrency uh, uh, related things, cloud computing, these type of things, streaming, 
and all you know this whole no thing with fast data and also machine learning and and you know or if if if, if those things interest you, I mean you should absolutely apply. And 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 since we are so distributed, I mean it's a, it's it's a if you're the right guy, you know, I mean, then then we'll hire you wherever you are, more or less, because we, we have teams that are across all time zones, so, so, so all the way, you know, from Japan, you know, and 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 uh, and you know, far 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 out of Asia, you know, Australia, New Zealand, all the way down to to South America, and and then you know, the the, the west coast of the U.S. So so it's um, it's all over the place. Cool, great. So, what's a average day like for 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 you or for you know an employee? If if your day is really atypical and crazy, what's what's an average day like for someone who works at a at Lightpin? Yeah, it's, it's I think it's different from from for for different people. You know, you know, uh, when it comes to me, I mean, me personally, I mainly work with with colleagues in the U.S. So for me, I have meetings, you know, all starting from 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 four and four a four in the afternoon all the way up to nine, ten, eleven sometimes. So so so, but, but that's nice, you know. I can get a lot of you know you know sort of silent space, silent time, and you know you know time for myself, you know, thinking, working on stuff without being that interrupted in the in the in the in the day. And then I I, I you know can can be more social and discuss things in the in the in the af- in the afternoons. Uh, one thing also that you know that I have to mention when it comes to the average engineers. Sort of schedule is that you know we have we have a notion of roles you know we do all the support ourselves and this is sort of one of the things that our customers love that they that we don't have a support organization you know per se but 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 it's actually the teams you know if you have a problem with ACA it's someone from the ACA team that that helps uh, cool. resolving that that's also that's sort of quite challenging you know taking on that role or that hat so to speak, uh, 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 but also quite quite fun. You know, it can be can be fun to sort of see how people are using your software stuff. So 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 and, and helping them, you know, with the stuff that you that 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 you built last week. So that makes sense. So, yeah. So, so so most engineers are juggling these two roles. You know, uh, uh, being sort of developing and doing support, and and usually on sort of yeah. A few days doing support, and then and then you know, a couple of weeks hacking, and then back 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 to support and things like that. So so. Cool. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it's very hard to build something like this in in a vacuum, right? So I mean, the best ideas are going to come from those discussions. So. Exactly. I think I think I mean without without them and without our open source community, I have to say, not just our customers, you know, but without, without the passionate community that, that we've had, we we would never got it this far. Aka wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't even exist, I think, but it wouldn't be where it is even without the the open source community. We've we've been getting so much from that, so many passionate, you know, people like talking about it, you know, encouraging things, but also you know, rolling up their sleeves and actually, you know, sending in patches and. And and uh, you know it's really it's really a, a, an extremely good example of what can what I mean sort of what can I mean on the good side of humanity and what can be achieved with people you know cross all cultures and 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 actually you know, collaborate into doing something substantial. I think it's 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 quite uh, heartening to see actually. Cool. Yeah, that sounds that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, Jonas, it was absolutely amazing having you on the show. I actually, I learned a lot. This is one of the most uh, educational episodes for me personally. Um, Thank you yeah, I, I appreciate it. I think people are absolutely going to love it. Can, can you give us uh, 
some uh, sort of uh, what's the best way to reach you or reach uh, Lightbend? Um, so what serves like some good calm communication uh, information there? Yeah, I think the best way to reach me is, is on this problem Twitter. I'm, I'm Jay Bonier, J-B-O-N-E-R on Twitter. Uh, just reach out uh, and else, you know, Jonas at Lightbend, if you want to send me emails, um, lightbend.com. Uh, if you want to find out, uh, you know, I, I have my personal website, jonasbonier.com. But if you want to find out more about Lightbend, just go to lightbend.com or akka.io. Um, A-K-K-A dot I-O if you want to learn more about Akka. Uh, and we have a ton of material both on the Akka website and also on Lightpen, you know, all kinds of this stuff, you know, webinars, recorded webinars and articles and all kinds of stuff. So, so, so. Uh, oh, very good. And so series. all of it is, all of it is totally free to use, right? So basically you're, the, the business model here is that people can do anything they want with Akka, college projects, you know, even commercial projects, but then you're there to help them if if they need some extra functionality or they get stuck or something like that. Absolutely, it's this open core model where where everything you know in the core, uh, you know, Akka, Play, Scala, and and supporting tools, you know, are open source, and 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 we we try to help the community as much as our customers. But we we but but then we also have have you know commercial tools on top, you know, things like monitoring management and 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 we have a full like as I, as I talked about the fast data platform is also commercial. But 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 you know everything that we covered in in this in this podcast in this in this call uh, uh, is is fully open source and and um, and uh, yeah, we're here to help. So cool, thank you so much again. And uh, yeah, everyone, uh, let us know what you think about the episode. We're uh, you know feel free to chat on the Discord. Um, if you have any questions, um, feel free to at both of us, you know, programming throwdown at and um, uh, Jay Bonair at on Twitter or uh, ask on the Discord and I can I can pass it along. But um, thanks again for, for this interview. It's fantastic. Yes, thanks, Jonas. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks a lot for having me. I really I really enjoyed chatting with you guys as well. So so it was definitely mutually beneficial. Intro music is AXO by Binar Pilot. Programming Throwdown is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 2.0 license. You're free to share, copy, distribute, transmit the work, to remix, adapt the work, but you must provide uh, attribution uh, to uh, Patrick and I and uh, share alike in kind.